Today we speak with homeopath Neela Prabhu, who is a qualified licensed homeopath who also has 20 years experience as a community pharmacist. Today, Neela will share with us how she is able to treat her clients with homeopathy for many conditions which she previously would have prescribed drugs for and how this is leading to wonderful results in her clinic. If you would like to learn more about Neela, visit her website www.homeopathicharmony.co.uk and you'll also find her on Instagram on Homeopathic Harmony where she shares a lot of helpful information. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Homeopathy Hangout where we discuss all things homeopathy from around the world. And now my mum and your host Eugenie Kruger. Hello homies and a very warm welcome to Homeopathy Hangouts. Today, we get to hang out with homeopath Neela Prabhu from Croydon in the UK. Welcome, Neela. Hi, Eugenie. Nice to be here. It's lovely to have you on. Can you tell us about how you first discovered homeopathy? Yeah. So my eldest daughter has just turned 13, but when she was about 14 months old, she developed eczema in the crook of her elbows. And I was using a very mild steroid cream, which wasn't really working. And it was also bleaching her skin. And myself and my husband have Asian skin as does, you know, obviously our children. And I really wasn't happy about that. So I thought there must be another way to help with this. So I found my homeopath, who's actually still my homeopath today. Not only did she sort out the problem, it's never come back. Mm. So that was that was my first kind of dealings with, with homeopathy, really. Yeah. That's amazing. And you actually have a background as a pharmacist. So tell us about how you made that leap. And yeah, what was that like working as a pharmacist? And then how that differs with your life now as a homeopath? Yeah, so I spent almost 20 years being a community pharmacist. So, you know, your your local pharmacy store, that was me handing out lots of drugs to lots of people. And I initially went into it thinking, well, I want to help people. You know, I, I want to give them the drugs, they're going to get better. And, and that's going to be quite satisfying um, for me to do that. I got to a career crossroads. I wasn't happy basically doing what I was doing. It wasn't fulfilling me. And I would come home. I was only working part time as well. I would come home on my one full day, a Friday, and just either have loads of chocolate or alcohol mm-hmm. or, you know, rubbish food or cry. And I thought, actually, it took me a lot, far too long to realize that this is not just a bad day, a bad week or a bad month. This is a bad career. Something needs mm. to change. So I did. And I was like, okay, now what? Uh, my homeopath actually suggested, oh, you could be a homeopath. And I was like, mm, maybe. <laughs> but I took that leap of faith. I did a postgraduate one year online course, which was great because I could then pack the kids off to school and uh, study like a demon, which I loved. And I have not regretted it since. I'm actually helping people now, helping them to get better. And yeah. It's wonderful. Amazing. That's amazing. I have a client who's a pharmacist and I have just managed to convince her to become a homeopath as well. So (laughs) I think you make great homeopaths also because, um, and we chatted about this in a podcast with Barbara Roberts, who's a Kiwi, who uh, also is a pharmacist and homeopath, but often clients come to see us and they are on all sorts of different drugs. So for you actually knowing those drugs and side effects, and you can actually very clearly when you take that case, know, is that actually a side effect of the drug that this client is experiencing, this symptom that they're having, or is this actually a symptom that is unique to them or as a part of the drug so absolutely and I think I mean no disrespect to any other homeopaths but a lot of my clients feel that I have a sense of kudos or gravitas Mm. because of my history of of being a pharmacist and they don't realize that actually most homeopaths are trained for many years to be a homeopath but yeah I don't need to look up in a book what drug they're taking and what dosage and why 
I know the protocols, they're in my head. I also know why the doctors prescribe them drug A and not drug B, because they can't get hold of drug B and drug A is cheaper. You know, it, uh-huh. these, are, these are the practicalities, unfortunately, of, you know, obviously we have the NHS over here in the UK, which is a very valuable service. And I, I strongly believe that it's full of people who are wanting to help their patients, whether they're doctors, nurses, pharmacists, whoever they are. But quite often they're doing it, you know, doing two or three people's jobs in a broken system. It's been broken Mm. for many, many years. And that's the reason I think that, you know, you're, you're right, that you can then look up the drug and say, well, actually, you're taking this because of this, but actually this causes insomnia or this antidepressant. One of the side effects is anxiety and you're taking it for anxiety. And they sort of go, really? I didn't know that. And I was like, hmm. Okay, you know, so yeah. It makes a lot of sense for you then. Speaking of anxiety, so how do you treat anxiety these days? So instead of just dishing out pharmaceutical drugs, you are now approaching it with a different angle. So if a client comes to see you for anxiety, how would you Mm -hmm. look at that case and what sort of remedies do you find helpful and um, what sort of results can clients expect if they come to see you for something like anxiety? Yeah, and I think anxiety is on the increase, unfortunately, Mm. you know, quite apart from what's been going on in the world these last few years. But yeah, I think with doctors, the way I tell my patients about it is they have certain tools in their toolbox. And, you know, if you go to them with depression or anxiety or whatever, the first line tool is an antidepressant. Mm. But that's all they've got. And it's a, you know, that old adage of if the only tool you have is a hammer, then everything starts to look like a nail. Mm. I can obviously tailor with homeopathy, what I'm giving them. So there aren't specific, obviously there's quite a few specific remedies for anxiety, but I would always say to them, it's like a puzzle. I'm giving you the remedy for this, but also I'm going to recommend, you know, book recommendations, podcast recommendations, Mm. breathing exercises, looking at their diet, supplements, you know, for example, I would say, you know, avoid anything that's going to stress your adrenals for a couple of months. So things like cheese, orange juice, caffeine, Mm just try and cut down or cut them out for a couple of months and see if your panic attacks decrease, you know, helping their adrenals, giving them an organ support for that. All of that gratitude practices, Mm. journaling, I kind of feel like it's not one of these things that is the, you know, it's not the magic pill that everyone wants. It's building that healthy foundation of actually doing all these practices, even when you're feeling on top of the world, because that's what's going to help you through those tough times when you're not feeling so great. And I've had a postnatal journey myself that, you know, that helps me through. So it's showing them that empathy and saying, you're not broken. Part of you is your body is fighting against you as well as everything else that's going on in your life. So, which you don't really get just from, here's an antidepressant, Mm. you know. It's interesting you were saying about the adrenal stimulating stuff because uh, Hilary Dorian, who I'm sure you're very familiar with. Oh, love Hilary. <laughs> so love she, her. it was one of her courses she said about orange juice being adrenally stimulating. And I'm like, I am embarrassed to admit I never knew that. But some people um, chuck orange juice back as if it's, you know, nothing. So mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's a simple little thing to be uh, aware of. And the cheese as well. It was like, oh, really? I never would have thought, but thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we're all learning all the time, aren't we? Mm. You know, red and sort of orangey fruits, apparently. So again, strawberries, for example, I've heard can be adrenally stimulating. So mm. it's just, it's not, oh, right, I'm going to blanket cut out gluten or I'm going to blanket cut out sugar. It's like, well, actually, it needs to be tailored, you know, individualized as homeopathy is to that patient and that patient's lifestyle. 
Mm, absolutely. And something else that I know you treat uh, very successfully in your clinic is UTIs, urinary tract infections. And I can just, I can just kind of see in front of me Anilu from, you know, 20 years ago, prescribing loads of antibiotics for UTIs as people came in. And I'm guessing that your approach looks a little bit different these days. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've got two girls, both my children are girls. And, you know, experience with them as well as um, I had a lady, you know, the cases on my website who had chronic urinary tract infections for 18 months before coming to see me. And they would arrive on day three of her period. So you can imagine she was like, oh, thanks very much, Mother Nature. I've got my period and I've got a urinary tract infection. And actually, she obviously had been through lots of antibiotics and she was getting frustrated. So she found me and I treated her from July until just about eight months, you know, just over. And then, you know, she she wasn't really suffering anymore. So we mm-hmm. stopped treatment and she didn't suffer with one whilst she was with me. And touch wood, as far as I know, she hasn't suffered with one since. Mm. What came through was not just the physical, this is painful, I'm not suffering anymore. What she relayed to me afterwards was the mental weight that had been on her. So if she would start to feel the symptoms on a Thursday or a Friday, she would think, oh my God, have I got time to call the doctor? Can I get an appointment? Can I get an antibiotic in time for the weekend? You know, all of that pressure, that mental pressure, she said, it's just like a weight has been lifted, mm. you know, from, from my shoulders. And I thought, well, yeah, that's that was kind of hidden. She almost wasn't aware of it until it was taken away. And she had a very eloquent way of speaking. She would say, oh, it all feels normal down there now, you know, <laughs> because she had this odd sensation. So for me, yes, she wasn't suffering urine tract infections anymore, mm. but this uh, sensation was still there. And I'm like, hmm, we need to get rid of this sensation. And we did. So, yeah. That's amazing. And eczema, I mean, that's something that so many of our clients go to the pharmacist for and they get cortisone cream after cortisone cream. And something that I don't think many people are familiar with, I certainly wasn't until I had a client recently who actually experienced this, is uh, steroid withdrawal symptoms, uh, steroid withdrawal disease. It's actually, uh, trying to think of the exact thing. It's also called steroid withdrawal syndrome. It's also called red skin syndrome. And these are people who have had a history of steroid use and if if you go online and just go google the pictures you will Mm. just be completely shocked you almost can't believe that these people can be alive because they they look almost like lepers their skin looks so so bad and it's just from the withdrawals from the steroid cream and people use this willy-nilly not really thinking about the effect that it has on the body so i mean what what is what did your days as a pharmacist look like versus now when it comes to eczema yeah absolutely um you know we have eczema clients and they'd have their standard, you know, huge pots of emollient cream, you know, moisturizers, stuff for the bath, you know, stuff for the child to take to school, plus the steroid creams. Then a few years later, you would then find, oh, interesting, that same child has now developed asthma. Hmm. So then you've got your, you know, the pumps, you know, the inhalers, you know, oh, we need this for school, you know, the occasional, you know, in the winter, they would have a chest infection. Okay, so we'll put some oral steroids and some more antibiotics. And then come summertime, it's like, right, let's just have an extra little bag with antihistamine liquid Mm. or eye drops or no spray. And you're like, wow, this poor person or child quite often is taking all of this stuff. It's impacting on their life. It's taking up a lot of their time, you know, and it's obviously the parent who's then going, right, we need to cream you twice a day. We can't do three times a day because you're at school. What? How do we fit that in? And Mm. they're working and it's just so hard. And hay fever, eczema and asthma are the same gene. 
you may not have the expression of all of them. And I can give you an example of that with my family, that my husband walks from one end of the garden to the other and he honks like a goose because he's popping <laughs> and spluttering. And I have offered to treat him, but he said, no, I'm like, fine, you, you. Yeah, you you suffer then, that's fine. And I never suffered. So I And it's also a dominant gene. So I knew that any children that we had would suffer in that way. So when my eldest had eczema, it wasn't 100% of a surprise. However, now that they've both been treated homeopathically, neither of them suffer with hay fever. And he sort of tries to get around this as well. They, they sneeze. And I'm like, well, everyone sneezes, but it's very different to the misery of hay fever. Of You know, mm. I've sat exams with my friends who, you know, they're, they're scratching their eyes out and their eyes are watering and their nose is running and they're trying to remember what the, their maths, you know, or their English or whatever exam they're doing. And you're like, this is horrible. It's really mm. horrible. Um, but coming back to the eczema, in Chinese medicine, the skin, the bowels and the lungs are different sides of the same triangle. And the emotion is grief. So if I'm treating any skin condition, I'm looking at the bowels because mm. with eczema, the toxins are coming out through the skin instead mm. of through the bowels, the urine and the sweat where they should be coming out. Mm. And, you know, I guarantee you when I take on an eczema or a skin case, there is some sort of issue with the bowels. Mostly it's that they're constipated, mm. that we're not going frequently enough it's not the right quality so my child's clients love speaking to me they're like oh we get to talk to Neela about poo I'm like yes, yeah. <laughs> yes we talk about poo <laughs> so yeah I did have an eczema case of a young lady who she came to see me when she was 16 she's now 18 and this is a case I need to write up because she hasn't been to me because she's all sorted out now she came to me at 16 with some eczema that started on her throat and then spread down to her chest and was sort of going around you know, the sides of her body and round to her mm. upper back, kind of following the bra line. And between the ages of 13 to 16, quite a few traumatic things. So age 13, she had a boyfriend that, you know, was hidden from the family and then the family found out and they didn't approve and, you know, all the kind of teenage stuff going on. Her grandfather, who she was very, very close to, passed away. So that was, you know, quite traumatic for her. And she was also involved in a car accident. Um, her younger brother, who was eight, sat next to her. They're all strapped in. But unfortunately, the car ended up rolling and it ended up landing on the roof of the car. So really quite scary. You know, she thought she was probably going to die. You know, that, that's quite a scary thing. She also came from Dubai to here to do her A-levels. But it all happened within the space of a week. You know, so quite sudden, but also a big shock and trauma at the airport. Her mum was crying and having a bit of a meltdown and her dad saying, get on the plane. You're going to miss the plane. Stop. Ignore your mother. Get on the plane. You know, so quite traumatic for a 16 yeah, year old. She's, she's living here with family, but still that's quite a lot in a, mm. in a young person's life. All those things to happen in a short space of time. And I said, your eczema could have presented anywhere. I said, but it is be- your body is telling us it's beautifully presenting around your lung area mm. because the root cause was grief. We gave her a grief remedy and she's done beautifully on it. She said, oh, I forgot I was on my period, Neela. I said, yes. She said, because I'm helping you with your periods as well, you know. So she is very, very happy. Um, so that's, I mean, that's on my website, obviously, if people want to read. But um, sorry, no, it's not because I haven't written it yet. <laughs> that's sorry. okay. By the time the podcast right. goes, goes out, you'll probably have it up. <laughs> I'll write it on there, yeah. <laughs> That is absolutely amazing. And Neela, what message would you like to get across to our listeners who are maybe new to homeopathy, maybe don't know much about it? What is the message that you want to get across to them? That there is another way. I think, you know, 
whether in this you in this country or, or you know where you are um, across the world, it's kind of we've been trained to think, ah, oh, you know, conventional medicine is the way to go. But actually, alternative medicine has been around for a hell of a lot longer. Mm. You know, homeopathy has been around for over 200 years. You know, Chinese five element system, which acupuncturists use, has been going for thousands of years. Mm. Ayurvedic medicine in India, again, thousands of years. And you have to question and go, well, this has survived for longer. Why? Because it works. There's a clinic in, I mean, homeopathy is the number one system of medicine in India. Uh, You know, my parents were born there, as were my husband's. But I've come to this from another angle not necessarily from my from my family but there's a clinic in calcutta that sees 3500 patients mm. a day and not the same homeopath but they would be dead yeah, yeah. Uh, a team of homeopaths <laughs> but you kind of think well why would all these people go there if it didn't mm. work you know and that's my message is do you know what i'm i'm not saying don't use conventional medicine what i'm saying is give alternative medicine a try just mm. see what it can do the proof is in the pudding and when you see that those results and you think there's no harm. There's no side effects. I'm empowered to heal myself with, you know, you you can use homeopathy yourself at home. It's, you know, um, yeah, that's that's my message. That's what I'm mm. passionate about. Mm. And that's the Banerjee Clinic that you're talking about in Kolkata. Hey, yes. Yeah, I didn't yeah. look into which. Yeah, I mean, that's, there's. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, actually, there's uh, several clinics because I was speaking with uh, homeopath today and she was saying that, you know, they treat yeah hundreds of cases as well. I don't know how they do it. It's amazing. I was I was just going to ask you: Is homeopathy still part of the NHS? Like, are you claimed for that? Uh, there were several NHS homeopathic hospitals throughout the country. Actually, mm. quite a few in London and you know Manchester, other places up north. Unfortunately, what's been happening the last few years is that they are closing them all down. Um, as part of you know, the NHS doesn't have enough money. Well, it's never had enough money, um, mm. but they are closing them down and saying we're only supporting evidence-based medicine Mm. even though there's lots of evidence for homeopathy um so no unfortunately not some of my clients it is covered on their private medical insurance Mm. depending on the company um so the answer to that is no um Mm. you know and even as a pharmacist i had a restriction on me to say i could not professionally recommend it i would have to say well the choice is yours but officially there is no evidence which Mm. i would always say in that way and said but my personal view is this yeah because (laughs) yeah which is it again it's just Mm. something that i don't have to live by that restriction anymore so it's actually quite crazy because if the nhs doesn't have money then actually homeopathy is one of the most amazing ways that they could save money because it is a fraction of the cost of pharmaceuticals so they could actually do a lot more good by yeah using homeopathy but yeah maybe one yeah (laughs) well it's my phrase on that is there's no profit in healthy people no there's none and that's a whole bigger conversation (laughs) yeah no absolutely um, so Neela, for a little bit of fun at the end, what are your three favorite homeopathic remedies and why? Oh, this is such a hard one. You see me. Um, <laughs> I'm sure most homeopaths will be like, oh, only three. Yeah, um, all so of them. I, think... <laughs> I just ask because I love to see them squeal, like trying, trying to yeah. decide it. Just three. Sure. Yeah. So I think the first one would have to be Napmuir. Um, which, as you know, is sea salt. I give that to a lot of my clients for varying different things. My client with the eczema, that was her her grief remedy. That was her constitutional. Um, and she did really well on it. So that would 
definitely be my my kind of top three. The second one would be sepia, which is Mm. my constitutional, such Mm. a good female remedy for so many different things of sorting out people's periods or, you know, just helping them to feel like they can cope with just, Mm. you know, the classic overworked mother. And I think another one of my favourites would be cock, just because it's the great... um, Carcinosin. So mm. for pulling the cork out of the bottle, that's how I describe it, mm. because it's really good for, you know, I had a client yesterday who I couldn't quite figure out his constitution. I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go in with a big dose of cork because it clears the picture. It opens them up. It's kind of mm. pulling that cork out of the bottle to kind of go, oh, there you are. There you go. There you are. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I do use that as also as an intercurrent as well. So, yeah, I think. That was really hard, though, to pick Yeah, it's hard. That's definitely three of my favourites as well, I have to say. And I have to, you know, there's quite a few people from the UK that live here in Australia, and I I often prescribe NetMer for them because I think it's also, uh, you know, people from the UK tend to be, you know, a little bit more reserved and just a little bit more, you know, closed, not like the Aussie way where everything's kind of like out there for everyone. (laughs) So, you know, obviously a gross generalisation, but I can see how that would be something that you would prescribe quite often. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I, the way I sort of, you know, obviously with, you know, the Elsa and the Frozen movie, I'm like, you know, Napmuir is just, you need to let it go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I say in my little homeopathy introduction video that Frozen 2 is my favorite movie of all time because it is about homeopathy. (laughs) It is. It's actually about how water has a memory. Exactly. I, I did an Instagram post about that. I created it and I was like, hey, Olaf said water has memory. So exactly, you know, it must be true. Must be true. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty cool that this whole generation of kids are going to grow up knowing that water has a memory. So it does, you know, make that con that concept is not going to be such a huge leap, mental leap for them when they're older. Um, yeah. Nila, how can people get hold of you? Are you still taking on new clients? I am. Yes. This last month I've been really, really busy and January as well. So I'm very grateful for that. But yeah, so the best way is I'm very active on Instagram. So homeopathic underscore harmony is my handle mm-hmm. um, and has my my face on it. So obviously you'll know. Also, mm-hmm. my website is homeopathicharmony.co.uk. So that's another way. Or even if you search for homeopathy in Croydon, my SEO guy has done a great job of getting me on page one of Google. So <laughs> good. That's good. always good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I, I am on LinkedIn as well, but just to be found. But those are the main two places that I'm very much um, active. So if people want to come and say hello, that'd be great. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today. And it was lovely to speak with you. And I'm definitely going to, I think I'm following you already on Instagram, but yeah, just keep up the good work and looking forward to reading that case of yours on your website. Make sure you upload it for us. (laughs) I will do. Thanks very much for your opportunity, Eugenie. Thank you. Such a pleasure. Bye-bye.